Welcome back to another brand new episode of Learning As I Go. Wow, what can I say? Last week's episode with Eden was a bit of a shock for me because I've never heard that story in so much detail and it really did inspire me. What a guy and thank you so much, Eden. And thank you to everyone who listened. This week, I am back with another special guest to say the least, my mum, Gail Rebecca Waring. She has inspired me and my brothers and everyone around over these last two years because she's gone sober and she is shining and glowing from the inside out. So I cannot wait for you to join me and my mum for another conversation as we learn, as we go, another life lesson. What this lady has done over the last two years has inspired not only me, but both my brothers and all of my family so, so much. And it's my mum, Gail Rebecca Waring. How are you? I'm good, Scott. Lovely to be on your podcast, I think. Oh, mum, right. First of all, for anyone who doesn't know my mum, mum gets a little bit nervous in these situations. So mum, I just want you to breathe. Woosah. We're just having a chat with your son and we're going to be talking about your story and everything you've been through recently. And I had you on, uh, well, we had you on Manx and a Mike not long ago. And this is a very different podcast because this is, that was very much all about our childhood and us as a family. Whereas I want this to be more about your journey, mum. And your journey very much started at the same time as mine, right? So in, I think it was in 2020, I decided to go sober for 12 months. And the next thing, mum, out of the blue, you turned around and went, right, Scott, I'm going to do it with you. And if I'm honest, mum, at the time, I was like, do I believe her? Because I know you've done bits and bats of being sober before over the years, but you've never really done that long. But this time there was something different, right? Literally, you just went into pure sort of focus mode and you never looked back. And I think you are now over two years sober, mum. Is that right? Yeah. It is. Wow. So go on, Mum. Talk, talk me through it. What happened when you decided to go sober at the same time as me? What was going through your mind? I think I'd reached quite a very, very low point more than ever before. And I was looking at a solution. You were my solution because a light bulb went on in my head and I, I just decided to get this mindset because I wanted you to be proud of me as well as how proud I was of you. So I thought this was my opportunity to have a goal and stick with it because I knew that um, I wanted you basically to to be proud of me. I was on a sort of a a mindset mission. I knew that once I decided I wasn't going to go back on it. Wow. It's actually, to look back now, we were, when we still are on pretty much a very similar journey in terms of, it was about the same time when we kind of had this moment of self-awareness and we both realised that we wanted more for ourselves as well. And I think that's credit to, to the fact that it doesn't matter how old you are or what stage of life you're at, you're at you can still make some big changes and, and can continue to work on yourself as well. But talk me through it, Mum. Why were you at your lowest point and what brought you to that point? What, how were you feeling low and what was your relationship like with alcohol? I just knew that it was getting more of a hold on me day by day, week by week. I enjoyed it. But unfortunately, the enjoyment of it and the relaxation it gave me, it was just extremely hard to stop it because I thought that was my only solution, almost to be sort of in a comfort zone of relaxation. 
and forgetting sort of the day's worries, the day's events. And that was my time, me time. That was my self-love alcohol, my wine at night. It was just something that I thought, oh, I can get through the day because I've got my reward at night. And how sad is that? Basically, in the end, just got the better of me. When you Obviously, when you said you were going to stop, I thought, this is my opportunity now to do something about feeling better about myself because alcohol... I thought was relaxing me, but what it was doing was day by day, it was feeding me with an anxiety throughout the whole course of my life, really. But I didn't know at the time, I had no idea that my anxiety, my social anxiety, my being present anxiety was all associated with one thing. I had no idea. I even once went to the doctor's uh, not long before I decided to do it because I said I was depressed to the doctor and he never even asked me about my alcohol consumption. He said, well, you know, he did a, a one to 10 questionnaire with me and he said, well, you do, you, you're borderline, you do qualify. He said the side effects of antidepressants can be pretty unpleasant for you. And obviously, you know, if you sort of decide not to take them, then you have to withdraw slowly off them. And I decided to go and do a bit of research on them. And believe it or not, one of the things that it said in the research and the pamphlets about them was you can't drink alcohol with them. So at that stage, I didn't have my light bulb moment. And I thought, oh, I can't take those because I can't have a glass of wine with them. How sad is that? So I papooed that and just went on daily sort of drinking, really, me, me wine at night. And uh, as I say, then got my light bulb moment um, when you decided to basically do it cold turkey. Mm. And that's what I did. And after that, it was just basically a life-changing experience for me. I just got better daily. On a daily basis. But Mom, let, let's, let me just put things into context for anyone who doesn't know you, right? So you didn't drink every hour of every day. It was your treat. I remember, like, literally as kids and even, like, up until recently, we couldn't ask you to do anything after 5 p.m. It was my mum's time to be at home with a glass of wine, and that's what you look forward to. You used to sit there, watch your soaps, and you were content. And I remember you doing that ever since we were kids. I mean, this is, like, over 20 years of the same kind of routine. What would you say, mum, to anyone who's asking themselves, would you class yourself as an alcoholic or not? I've never put that label on myself, but maybe I was. I have no idea. No. I have no idea. If I was an alcoholic, I was a functioning alcoholic. There, was, there wasn't anything in my daily life that I wasn't capable of doing because of drink. Mm. We always called it the, you know, the wine o'clock. Is it wine o'clock time? Yeah, because that's one thing I'll say about you, Mum. You, you always worked hard. You always still went in and did your, your long shifts as a nurse. And it never really affected that in any way. But it was just basically like an evening thing. And I remember as kids, it was always you, my nan, and, and my auntie Carol. It was always just fun times and everything else. And I think, to be honest, that's how alcohol starts for, for everyone. It started fun for me, even when I was doing my partying days and everything else. But then, obviously, it kind of spirals out of control when you start to notice that 
maybe you're drinking for the wrong reasons and maybe you've now not got control over it. And I think that's kind of where you were at. And one thing that really hurts me, mum, is that I never knew that you were going to the doctors asking questions about being depressed or even having anxiety. Like you never really would tell us as like as your children that you were going through that. Was that something that you found difficult to talk about? I don't think I actually knew myself. I think my disassociation from people and being in social environments all stemmed from my childhood, really. I was a very quiet little girl. They used to call me sullen. And I used to sort of like just go into myself and just do my own thing in my bedroom. And I think my introvertness sort of followed me through into adult life. And I am um, very much have anxiety about being in large groups or being in small groups for any length of time before I almost have to retreat to my safe space is what I call it. I'd sort of retreat there to feel comfortable and isolate myself from the world. It's a strange thing, but I think that's also how alcohol came into it, that I'd sort of leave where I was, you know, being and um, go back to my place, close the door. And it was almost like I was in my safe sanctuary. And then, you know, the the wine just sort of made me even more relaxed and I was in my comfort zone. It's a strange thing because I wasn't a, really a social drinker. I was very much a loner drinker. And, you know, I've heard that, you know, that's not a good thing, but that's what I actually did on a daily and weekly basis. Mm. Um, I was just comfortable being on my own. I like my own company, but I think I just wanted to sort of like be with my own thoughts and not have to any have any confrontations with people. I was just in a safe place. But if one thing I'll say there, Mum, is um, just to play devil's advocate, is that were you actually alone with your own thoughts, though? Because when, when you're drinking, you're not, in, in my opinion. You're kind of, you're numbing your own thoughts. So it's like you're almost, for me, not only were you pulling away from people socially, you were pulling away from yourself as well. So it was almost yeah. like you were running from something in a way. Yeah. And I know that we don't need to go into depth here, but I know that there's things that you've been seeking therapy about and everything else and stuff back in your childhood. And these are all, these are all things that you've had the courage and stuff to deal with now, now that you're sober, but maybe at the time you didn't have that courage. Am I right? Yeah, I did. I did. Stopping drinking, what I think was probably the the easy part of my journey of, of self-worth and, and, and feeling better about myself because uh, when you stop drinking, you've got a clear sort of mindset and everything comes to the surface. And I think that was the most difficult thing to deal with. Once I did have a clear head, it felt good having a clear head, but then, you know, you, you've got all your sort of your baggage from, I'd say, my childhood mainly that comes to the forefront and it's how to deal with that. So my journey sort of continued for over, well, it's still continuing over like two years now on how on getting the right tools to help me to overcome anxiety, help with my thoughts and how to manage them so yeah it's it's a long journey really healing yourself from mm. basically anaesthetizing yourself for, for decades yeah. and, and trying to find you I would say you're trying to find you in a in a child again 
and who who you were as a child and how to be a better adult yeah. going forward. For me, Mum, the most difficult thing about going sober that year was I couldn't get away from myself. I couldn't get away from my own thoughts. You yeah. have to face whatever it is you're going through. And I think with a lot of people, they start drinking for the right reasons, to be social or to chill out in the evening or whatever it is. But over time, you start using that same sort of drug, alcohol, to get away from whatever's troubling you or to try and sort of cover up those deep emotions. And I think when you do stop drinking for a period of time, those emotions come up. And listen, it takes bravery and courage to face those emotions. And I know you've done that, like sort of open-heartedly now, and you've been really working hard on that. But I think the most the best superpower you can have is self-awareness, right? When you really get to know yourself. Because if you get to know yourself and you're comfortable with your your issues, your your highs, your lows, that's then you become stronger on a day-to-day basis. And that's what I've seen from you, mum. Like, literally, it's not been easy, but you have absolutely made it your sort of responsibility now to face up to everything that you've been running away from. And you're working on that every single day. But let's go back to the, the day when you decided to stop drinking and, for me, mum, I can't remember you ever struggling. For me, there was times when I struggled because I wanted to go out. I felt like I was missing out and stuff like that. And But for you, mum, I just felt like I, every time I asked you, are you struggling when we're going sober? You were like, no, no, I'm loving it. I'm loving it, Scott. And, and that's what I always say to people when they talk about what, what kind of advice have you got for making a change? I always say it takes one decision. And I always refer back to you, mum, because this time when you made that decision, there was no getting in your way. You meant it. You were focused. And you went on a mission. So what was it like, Mum? Was there a different style of mindset here that you were using? I think I just hit rock bottom, Scott. Hit rock bottom. I almost became um, bored with my same daily rituals. I hated myself for having that kind of habit that everything I did, I had to reward myself with something that was literally affecting my whole body, mentally and physically. Every time I looked in the mirror, I was painfully seeing basically how dehydrated I was, how my diet was poor, I was sluggish, I had no energy. And I came to the realisation that it was the daily drinking that was destroying my inner body and my outer body. So... I was just like, I'd hit my rock bottom. I was bored of drinking mm. to make myself feel better. I realised that I, it had to stop. Did you feel like you were getting in your own way? It's mad, isn't it? It's because you start to realise that only you can get yourself out of this situation. And I felt, I felt the same. Did you feel like that? It is a drug at the end of the day. And I was addicted to it. Mm. Totally addicted to it. It's difficult to stop something that gives you that that high it lasts for 5 minutes while you you know your first glass of wine it's your first hit but then you can't stop because you want more your brain's saying you want more so you just continue it's a vicious vicious cycle really mm. no i get that but you know it's funny you said that mum now because the biggest change i've noticed in you mum put aside your mindset and you, and how sort of energised you are, but just the way you look, like, honestly, every time we see you now, me and the boys, you just look better and better every time. Like, you just glow and you've got this glow and you look about, I'm not even exaggerating, mum, you look about 20 years younger. And do you feel that, though? Do you feel that when you look in the mirror now? Instead of looking at yourself, looking all dehydrated and down and everything else, do you now look at yourself and go, wow, I'm happy with myself or I'm proud of myself? 
in the in the last two years, because I haven't had that sort of fog in my brain, I've been clear. I've been looking at myself and obviously healing myself and getting opportunities to actually eat better. You know, when I was drinking, I, I'd go a night without eating because the you know the wine basically was feeding me. And you can imagine, you know, the day after you have a bottle of wine and nothing to eat, you know, you just feel absolutely disgusting all day, basically, until you get your next glass of wine. So without all that, I wake up fresh and I just have a different light on everything and look at myself and what I can do to make myself look better and appear better to people. I've got more pride in myself. My eating habits now are just absolutely amazing compared with what I'd eat when I was having a glass of wine in the evening, watching, you know, my soaps and my dramas. I'd eat nuts and crisps, you know, and that would be it because I was enjoying the wine so much. I thought I was enjoying you're, it. You're actually on plan now with food thoughts, aren't you? Not to plug. Yeah. And how, how are you finding that? I find it really, really helpful because it gives me a bit of accountability because you do get a coach. So I never go sort of above what my goal is because I know I have to sort of report back every Monday. So that just keeps me really sort of like motivated to keep to the goal, really. And who's your coach now, Mum? Um, it was Connor, but he's gone maternity leave, so Kat's been looking oh, after me. I've got a coach, Kat, as well. She's amazing. But yeah. I remember, Mum, when you stopped drinking, you said to me, Scott, I can't stop eating ice cream. Like, that was one of your guilty pleasures. You kept, like, eating loads of ice cream. Are yeah. you still you got ice cream on your plan now, or...? Well, when, when you give up alcohol, I didn't realise, but um, it must have a lot of sugar in it. And my body was, was craving sweet stuff. So, I, you know, I did pile on the pounds initially, but I didn't care. I really didn't care because I wasn't drinking alcohol. And I got into eating ice cream. And, uh, yeah, I have the Halo Top ice cream, which apparently is lower in calories. So um, I love Halo Top. But I'm just so much – my body and my mind is just so much more aware now of what I put in my body. If I eat something crap, like, you know, if I'm away and I'm forced to eat something crap, I actually hate hate it. But as soon as you get back home, you can eat your healthy stuff again. I'm just so much more content looking after my body and my mind. Mm. So, Mum, let me, let's talk through it step by step. What would what were the key sort of steps that you made when you decided to stop drinking? What was one of the most important things that you knew you had to do? Did you have to stay away from The most time? important thing to me at first yeah. was was trying trying to find out why alcohol did have such basically a devastating effect on on me. So I found this book and it basically just is alcohol explained and that was the key to why I was feeling the way I was feeling drinking alcohol and he explained fully and every single thing that was said in the book that was me and what was happening to me and why I couldn't get off and what alcohol. was that book called mum alcohol explained William Porter but that was my initial first step to understand why it had such a hold on me and then I joined his podcast on Facebook and I joined in every evening to uh, listen to everybody's um, versions of events of how they stopped and how, you know, the books helped them. 
And then I just went further on to uh, online alcohol, Instagram posts and, and things like that. And So you started um, following a lot of Instagram um, accounts that kind of encourage yeah. sobriety. You really lent into it, didn't you? You really went into all the Facebook groups, all the different podcasts. And I think sometimes people feel like they're alone when they're trying to go sober because it can be a lonely place at first because you're breaking away from what you know. You're breaking away from crowds yeah. that you know. Whereas... In actual fact, there's a massive sober community and I feel like you went out there and really found that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, don't forget, I, I stopped um, drinking alcohol on the 1st of April just as the pandemic had started. So basically for the two years, I was in an environment of being in lockdown by the government and just going to work and coming home. But in a way, that suited my personality I had an excuse and I didn't have to say, you know, why you weren't going out. And I didn't have to go out and socialise in bars and meet friends because we couldn't. So it almost helped my recovery that two years that I could actually go into myself and heal myself in a safe environment without any sort of pressure to drink and to have discussions about why you're not drinking you know, so it, it, the lockdown actually helped me. Yeah, I, I really noticed that as well in lockdown. It gave me an excuse to really focus on myself. And I think that's something that you've done a lot as well, Mum, is that self-awareness piece where you've, you've done a lot of journaling as well, right? So from the moment you sort of went sober, you, you've been writing writing down your thoughts a lot. And I think it's a really good point you mentioned before. When people go sober, the most important thing to do is, is to understand why you drank. And I think for me, I'm still trying to figure it out. And there's times when I'll be sat in at the weekend and obviously I'm not fully sober now and I'm trying to find that balance. But there's times I'll be sat in at the weekend, I'll be totally fine. And, and I look on Instagram and everyone's out drinking and I get that trigger to go out. And then I realize I don't drink on my own. I don't like drinking on my own. But what I realized is I'm drinking because there must be sometimes where I feel a little bit lonely. I'm not, I don't want anyone to feel sorry for myself for me when I say that. But what I mean is I link alcohol with people and company and therefore I'm trying to cover up that, that maybe that insecurity or loneliness that I have. And it takes, listen, it takes a, a certain level of bravery to confront those feelings and even talk about them. But the more that you do become more aware, that's when you can deal with them, right? Yeah, absolutely. It helped me during lockdown as well to explore counselling because I, I sort of had deep sort of issues that I didn't want to speak to anybody about, apart from somebody that was absolutely not biased, basically a stranger that I, I, I sort of wanted to, to talk to about my inner feelings and demons that I had in my head that I, I couldn't sort of escape from. So I got in touch with, you know, the mental health team in Manchester and um, I had three months of therapy. That was a big sort of support that I needed to learn how to help with those feelings and not trigger me to sort of go to drink, if you like. Finding other ways to help me have a clearer mind and to move on from things that, that worried me. And I explored mindfulness my journey has, has been sort of like a journey that I would never have imagined while I was sort of drinking alcohol because I didn't really care about anything else. I just thought, oh, I'll grow old. Who gives a monkeys? You know, I'll just keep drinking. It's it's fine. But once I stopped, it's just like I found a new... I was like, I think I said to my family, I feel like I've been reborn again and starting like starting afresh 
absolutely wow. starting afresh with my life. And it was, it's just been an amazing journey and exciting experience to to know there's so much more out there that I'm exploring now that I didn't really care about before. When I go on my walks now, like the bird song and the trees rustling is like, <laughs> it's just like love to me and, and brings me so much pleasure. I can't describe it. Yeah, you said this, Mum, recently. Was it, Were you on holiday and you just said, I'm just, because we've got a family group chat and you just said something like, I'm just so happy and I love every day. You, you embrace every morning now, don't you? More than the evenings. Yeah. You live for the mornings and it just seems like you've got such a zest for life now. And you, every time you turn up somewhere, like you just, yesterday you, you surprised me at my event, at the corp <laughs> event, and you just walked over and <laughs> you mentioned you might come, but I didn't even know you were going to be there. But even just to have you turn up, Mum, on your own, Getting on the, tra I'm guessing you got the tram or a taxi or whatever it is. Usually, like back in the day, mum, you like you wouldn't go anywhere unless we picked you up or like we dropped you off. You literally, yeah. were, you were scared to come out of your comfort zone. Whereas now, you're navigating yourself around these different places. You go on holiday on your own all the time now. Do you feel more confident? And it's, it's yeah, it's confidence. It's confidence. I mean, like navigating my way to Salford yesterday. In days past, I was thinking, there's no way I'm going to get to Salford Keys. How am I going to get to Salford Keys, you know? But it's amazing what you can do when, you know, you put your mind to it and you haven't got anything toxic in your body that's holding you back from saying, oh, you can't do that, you can't do this. I can do anything now, basically, if I put my mind to it. I've just got that much more confidence now, so it's yeah. just such a great feeling. I think... Confidence is one of the key sort of words here because obviously to talk honestly and openly about my relationship to alcohol. So I did the 12 months sober and then I've kind of been experimenting ever since because I feel like, especially being at my age as well, I don't want to be that guy who can't go to a, to an event or feels like he's the sober guy in the corner or you know sometimes I don't want that label on me, right? So I'm trying to find that balance and sometimes I can have a couple of drinks like I did with you and I beef uh, with my meal and I can go home. But then other nights I'll go out and I'll be an idiot and I won't like myself. And one thing that I've noticed that even if I only have a few drinks, my confidence massively goes. Like once you've got that sort of those toxins in your body, one week I can feel like unstoppable. Like I'm going to take over the world. I'm going to build food for thoughts to be this global movement. I'm going to build the social power. And then the next week, literally, because I've been out the weekend, I can just feel like I'm a failure. I can feel down and it really does affect your mood. And I still not figured out my relationship to alcohol. And it, and it frustrates me because I don't know if I enjoy it anymore, but I do feel like I want to be able to just have a couple. I don't know where I'm at with it, if I'm completely honest, because I know a lot of people follow my journey. I don't drink often. I, I live a very healthy lifestyle and I've got a really sort of good balance in that, in that sense. But I might drink every three months or whatever it is, and I still manage to end up hating myself. So... For anyone who's trying to give up alcohol, let me just say one thing. It's not just, oh, to be fair, my mum is living proof that it can be all plain sailing and you can go completely sober and figure it all out and be content with that. But I think there's also another side to it where it's an ongoing process in the same way with mental health as well. You don't have the, the answers overnight. I still don't have all the answers yet and I'm still trying to figure them out. And I think I just want to let anyone know who sometimes does have a lot of progress. Don't be sort of, don't beat yourself up if it's not as plain sailing as you thought it would be. Does that make sense, Mum? Yeah, it was It was probably a decade ago when I did give up, probably having maybe the same thoughts that enough was enough. I was sober for 12 months 
And then something extremely sort of traumatic happened with um, one of your close friends. And I went over to Spain to comfort his father. I met with him and um, he he was offering to share a bottle of Prosecco with me. And in those circumstances, I didn't see any way out of not. But the minute, basically, that I had that half bottle of Prosecco with him, I then continued throughout for many, many other years to drink. I just know in myself that I'm one of those that literally cannot have one drink because it gets there straight away into my brain, into my system, and I cannot just have one drink. I'm so much more happier at being a teetotal. It suits me. There's no way that I'm any kind of moderator. I think that's a really good point, Mom, because for me, it's completely different. Like, I don't wake up in the morning and have an urge to drink or... I can have a drink and then not drink for three months or whatever else. But when I do drink, I become a different person. And I do think that's, <laughs> I don't know if it's as big as a problem, but it feels like it is because it's a different form of alcoholism because I can't just make, well, the thing is I can just have a couple, but I don't feel fulfilled. And it's kind of, if I'm honest, I think I drink mum mainly for confidence. If I could walk into a party or a room and just feel at ease. And I can do it for an hour, two hours tops, but I can't be there any longer than that because I'm just, I feel like I want to get out of there. I want to retreat back to my house. I want to be in a safe place. But to be around people, I want, I'm, I mean, I'm still only 33. I want to be able to party with my mates and stay out and, ha and create memories. But I'm struggling to do it past a two hour period because I'm like, I can't even be around these people now. And that's where I'm trying to find the balance. And but at the same time is when I do, sometimes I can take it so far that I can be an absolute idiot and hate myself. So it's difficult. It is difficult. But I think they're both sort of different, but kind of the same in, in the way that alcohol has a grip on us as people. Um, mm. And I think for me, that's something I'm trying to, I'm trying not to let it beat me. I'm trying not to, you've, you've managed to do it and I'm still trying to work on that as well. So what advice now, mum, would you say to anyone who wants to give up drinking? And like, what? how do you feel now? How much better is your life now? Like, try and describe in words, mum, how much better you feel. My personality hasn't changed that much from when I was drinking to going to non-drinking because I always only wanted to spend a few hours out. And then I was always the first to leave to get back to my safe place, if you like. I know I keep calling it safe, but that's how it feels to me. Um, but um, now I, I, I still go out and I still want to retreat back. So my personality really hasn't changed, um, but I'm just more comfortable in, in my safe place now rather than getting sort of like weird thoughts that nobody likes me and I'm, I'm not good enough because, I was, you know, then I was drinking alcohol and I started to dislike myself. Now I'm on my own and I like myself and I feel comfortable with myself. Mom, I'm going to counteract that because your personality has definitely changed. You're talking about sort of evening events and social events like that. I'm talking about day to day in the mornings when you're around the grandkids and, and you're playing in the park and you, you're always around them now. That's You've got that zest for life in the morning. So I feel like your personality has changed in that sense, whereas before you probably you didn't have enough of yourself to give because you didn't like yourself enough, right? Yeah. So now I feel like you've, you're giving me more, you're giving Adam more, Ryan, the kids, everyone. You've got more to give. Would you agree? Absolutely, yeah. As you say, I'm present now, more more so than I, I ever was. 
I'm not trying to sort of uh, escape any sort of family um, get-togethers. Uh, I look forward to it and I can sit there comfortably. I'm, I'm not having to worry now that I need to get back and have my have my little treat, glass of wine. That's all gone. And that's just so uh, a massive, massive heaven to me that I, you know, I'm not having to like, it's almost like you're rushing back to get your drug because you're having withdrawals. It's like that. The feeling was horrible. And, you know, I knew that, that my family were aware of it. Oh, you know, she's going back now. She never stays late than five o'clock because, you know, she's going back. And what a horrible way to live your life that you have to go back to have that glass of wine. Well, mum, you have absolutely smashed it out of the park now. Like in terms of as a mum, as a, a grandmother, as a friend, everyone is just blown away by the person you are. And listen, you've always been an amazing person. You've done an incredible job with me and the boys as a mum, but it's different now, mum. I'll be honest with you. It's kind of like we've got all of you. We've got all of you. And there was, there was a bit of you that was kind of being held back by alcohol. And to see you shining out every time, like I said, you turn up, you're glowing and and you are present because I've noticed when you're there, you bring a sense of presence into my life as well because you're so content, you're so happy, you're so grateful. You, that's the word that I think it is. You're so grateful for every day now. Yeah. That you literally absolutely. embrace every moment and, you, and you're just there and you just got it as well. Like you've got something special in your mum. It's like a glow that you can't really put your finger on. But mum, you are a shining beacon of light for anyone, especially at your age, mum. How old were you when you went sober, mum, if you don't mind me asking? Well, it was two two and a bit years ago, and I'm 66 now, so, so about, 64. So, so 64-ish. So, so it doesn't matter how old you are, what stage of life you are, you can turn your life around. And I think I genuinely feel my mum's give herself an extra 20 years now because of the way that she's looking after herself. And, and one, last, one last thing, mum, what would you say to anyone right now who's debating sort of making a change, whether it be alcohol or anything else, what, what kind of... Last piece of advice, would you say? The first um, sentence I put in my journal two years ago, I put, it's never too late. Never think it's too late, ever. There and we I'm, go. I'm a shining example of it. <laughs> to give up one of my um, habits of a lifetime at 64, it's never too late. It's never too late. I like that, Mum. Never too late. I'm going to put late. that in my journal tonight as well. Thank you so much, Mum. I love you very, very much. Thank you. Wow. Honestly, every time I talk to my Mum, I just get emotional. To see her shining and glowing like that just makes me so happy. And I hope that story has inspired anyone who's struggling with alcohol or any kind of addiction, because it's definitely made me reassess my relationship to alcohol. Thank you to everyone who keeps supporting the podcast. Honestly, it's going from strength to strength and that's credit to you guys. Thank you for rating, reviewing, following. It really does make a massive difference. And don't forget, you can Instagram me, DM me, at scott.thomas with any of your takeaways from the podcast. It really does make me smile every single day. So please keep tagging me. And also, please keep checking out Manx and the Mic. You guys have been loving it so far and we've got some incredible episodes to come. But thank you to everyone. I will be back next week with another phenomenal guest, right? Because this podcast keeps getting better and better. So thank you, everyone. And I will see you next week to learn as we go.